The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 98. What are the core skills do you need to work in sales in the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sales. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now... Getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Bob Hamer. Bob is the founder and president of Sports Business Solutions. With over 10 years of experience working in the sports industry, where he specialises in supporting the next generation of sport industry leaders with sales training and consulting. I have to say it's fantastic to have Bob as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode... Bob will share his sports career journey and explain to you the core skills you need to pursue a career in sales in the sports industry. Bob, it's great to have you on the show. Please can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? First of all, uh, Ed, it's great to be on the show. Thanks for for having me. I'm really excited to, to be here. I'm looking forward to this chat. So my sports career, I guess, technically began in uh, my junior year of college at university uh, at the U of A, University of Arizona, technically in 2005. I worked some summer internships. I worked some spring training out in Arizona, um, trying to get some work experience. And then I graduated in 2006 and started my career full time in sports right after Uh, graduation. So uh, my first, to give you a little bit more detail on sort of my path, uh, my first full-time job was at the Phoenix Suns uh, working in the NBA. So I went to college about an hour and a half away from where the Suns play in Phoenix. And so I'd made a contact there um, and had got a position in inside sales, like an entry-level sales position selling full menu and full menu meaning selling season tickets, group tickets, luxury suites, premium, uh, things of that nature. Um, I said I would give the job uh, one year, and I'd never been in sales before, um, and it was a sales position full-time, and I said I'd give it one year and, and learn the business, learn sales, see how it went, see how I, I liked it, um, and then I spent eight years there. Uh, so it's really crazy the way it all worked. So I grew from an entry-level sales position. Um, I got promoted to an account executive role, which is more full-time a little more senior level. I got promoted from that to a senior account executive, um, got into leadership, manager, director, and, and over the course of eight years, eventually became the VP of ticket sales and service uh, at the Suns, overseeing all season tickets, groups, um, and partial plans, a little bit of suites and premium and that kind of thing, service and retention, and had an unbelievable 
uh, ride and experience at the Suns. Um, you know, I feel very blessed to have grown from an entry level position to a VP to do it all in the NBA, to do it all with one team in the Suns. Um, and they gave me a lot of opportunities to keep growing. I feel very thankful to have landed there and, and they gave me a lot of chances to, to grow my career. And then to finish my story that brought us up to uh, 2014, I uh, left the Suns to start Sports Business Solutions, kind of a new challenge. Um, and I've been doing that for four years. So um, I started that with the idea of starting my own business and said I'd give it a couple years. And now we're here we are four years later um, and we're out supporting a lot of teams, um, a lot of clients, a lot of properties and sports all over the country um, and having a lot of fun doing it. So that's my sort of my background in a nutshell. I find this really interesting. Just going back to when you're at college, what did you study? I studied business management. So this is a good lesson for a lot of people that I talk to. Um, so I, I went to a community college. In, I'm from California. Uh, I went to community college after high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I transferred to the University of Arizona, as mentioned. Um, I studied business. I loved business, but I didn't really know kind of what I wanted to do. Uh, in my junior year, I met with an advisor, and she asked me what I liked. And I said I liked business and I liked sports. And she recommended a, attending a student club. There was a club on campus called the Sports Marketing Association, basically a collection of students uh, that want to work in the sports industry. And, uh, and they were having free pizza that night. So I was like, ah, it's pizza. It's, it's, uh, it should be a fun sort of gathering. Uh, how, you know, I'll go check it out. And uh, it really changed my perspective. Um, I started to realize there were career opportunities on the business side uh, of a sports team. And you know, I always wanted to be an athlete, but that dream ended for me in high school. And so I thought, hey, if I can match my passion for business and my passion for sports and turn it into a career, uh, it'd be perfect for me. And so then I dedicated everything I had to uh, gaining experience, um, work experience, talking to people, informational interviews, learning about the industry. And then one of those contacts that I made uh, turned into you know, my first opportunity in sports at the Suns. Um, and so I studied traditional business. I didn't study a sport management uh, this is, you know, I'm dating myself now. It's been so long. Back at the time, there weren't as many sport management programs as there are now. Um, I wish there were because I would have been all over it. But at the time, I just studied traditional business. And I made a lot of the connections and a lot of the relationships on my own. And those um, were vital to helping me get my start. Just looking back now, how has that degree supported you now, looking back? You know, I think the benefit of, uh, of a business degree... Um, Although it didn't have a sports focus, it gives you broad perspective of business and of industry. And at what I, you know, U of A at Arizona, they did a great job of, um, there's a lot of professional development in the major. And so, um, you know, I learned, I got involved with one of the uh, business fraternities. So a lot of it's just on just developing your professionalism, learning how to network, learning how to have uh, high level conversations um, working on projects, meeting people at job fairs that work um, in corporate America, and just everything that they did over the course of those two years after I transferred in, um, you know, was preparing me to be a, a better professional. Um, not that you don't gain that on the in other, um, you know, in, in other uh, degrees, you do. But in business, it's just it's preparing you to, to enter the, the business world. And from a professional standpoint, where I benefited the most was just developing that polish early on that helped me succeed once I got into the industry. And I think gave me a little bit of an advantage. Just from a sports industry in general, from your experience, have you seen the sports industry develop to where it is now? It's changed. It's changed a lot. 
Um, I would say for a long time, the the industry was driven by, um, you know, it was run by people that were more sports people. What I mean by that is more on the operational side, um, the player operational side. A lot of focus on the in the team space was was around, you know, winning a lot of games. And if you're winning a lot of games, then the business will translate. Um, and, you know, I agree with that. It's true. But if you're a team that's not winning a lot of games, it's harder to, to generate revenues and to grow your businesses. And so where I've seen the industry shift a lot in the last 10 years, it seems they're seeing the value of, of adding more staff. So hiring up, they're seeing a lot more value in training and developing their people. They're spending a lot of time and resources, um, the financial resources on data analytics, being a lot smarter about the way that they run their, their businesses. It's still a little bit behind corporate America in that sense. Um, there's still some old school operations that it's more around just, you know, again, let's focus on the, the players, the team, let's win some games and then the business will follow. But I think, you know, the combina- it's, it's healthy to have a combination of both and you want to have the resources invested to sustain the downtimes. So if your team's not winning, you want to be able to, uh, to sort of limit the drop. Um, and you also want to have the people and the processes and the data and the analytics, all that stuff in place. So when your team takes off, you're ready to capitalize. So I don't know if that answers your question, Ned, but I think in general, I would say to summarize, teams are a lot more sophisticated with their business operations now than they were 10 to 15 years ago. This sort of leads to my next point because it's something I'm developing through this podcast journey. Do you look at sport differently now, working in the sports industry, than being a general fan? Yeah, I do. I do. It's hard. And I bet everyone that you talk to that's been in the industry a long time, um, you just get used to it. You know, the cool factor sort of wears off a little bit over time. Um, you know, I was a huge fan um, growing up and I still am a huge fan. I mean, pe- sports is a passion of mine um, and I love going to games and it's fun now to go as a fan and to not be at a game working and focused on, you know, making sales or driving the business or just all the other, the events we have going on. It's hard to enjoy the game uh, when you're sort of in the, in the meat of the business uh, and you're focused on, you know, the job at hand. So uh, my perspective has changed a little bit, you know, just having been to so many games over the course of the last 10 years. Um, but on the other hand, I've come to really appreciate them when I'm there. You know, I get to really enjoy just the overall fan experience. And, and it's a lot of fun in a way that I didn't used to have as much when I when I was working all the games. Absolutely. And it just for the listeners listening in who want to work in the sports industry, from your opinion, how competitive is it to get your foot in the door? It's really competitive. I would say, you know, we would get upwards of four or five, six hundred plus resumes for positions um, at the entry level. And, you know, and we were just one job, I think, you know, on the sales side, you know, what's really interesting at about the industry is I'd say the majority, uh, it's hard to put a percentage, but the majority of entry level positions in the sports business world, at least in the States here, I don't know how it is uh, where you are, but um, they're in sales, Um, whether it's ticket sales, customer service, um, it's more customer facing, but you have a lot of students that want to work in operations. They want to be the general manager. So they do fantasy sports and they want to be, you know, the next uh, Theo Epstein or the next general manager in sports. But those positions are very, very limited. There are a lot fewer of those. A lot of people want to be in sports marketing. It's kind of a common term. Uh, but to give you some perspective, at the Suns, where I worked in the NBA, every team is different, but we had roughly 200 full-time employees. And 
you know, between ticket sales, sponsorship, customer service, retention, I'd say, you know, somewhere between 90 and 100 of those employees were revenue focused. Um, of two, so almost half of our workforce full time was was in sales, sales service, something on the revenue side. Our marketing department was like at the time was like five or six people, um, and you know, HR was four people and public relations was two or three people. And so, and then you look at sales service sponsorship and you have almost a hundred. So what's really interesting about the, um, the industry is that, you know, a lot of the entry level positions are in, are in sales, but a lot of people that enter the workforce want to be in another department. So they don't really look at sales as a, as a possible entry point. Um, and so, you know, as I think about advising people on getting in, it's just doing your research, talking to people that are doing the work, um, learning the different disciplines and then go all in on the jobs that you're looking for and to really give sales an opportunity because it could be a great entry point. So I don't know. Sorry if I got a little sidetracked. Um, I don't remember your initial question, but hopefully I answered it there. Absolutely. And it really relates to today's podcast topic. In your opinion, what core skills do you need to work in sales in the sports industry? The the keys to, to work in sales, you know, I'll use myself as an example because um, I've had a little bit of success uh, in, in the sports sales world on the team side, you know, I, I waited tables in college. Um, I enjoyed meeting new people. I was outgoing. I was hardworking. I was a former athlete. So I think former athletes tend to do really well in sales. They're, uh, they're coachable, they're results oriented, they're hardworking. Um, you know, I'd say the skills to succeed in sales, you know, a lot of people don't think like, Hey, I can't wait to get into sales. So they're not thinking that, but a lot of them have the intangibles to do it. And when I say the intangibles, when I was hiring and at the entry level for sales positions, you didn't necessarily need to have five years of sales experience. It wasn't necessary. I could teach you how to sell, but you can't teach some of the, uh, just the intangibles that people have. And those are, um, you gotta be hardworking. It's a numbers game. It's a volume play. It's a lot of phone work. You got to be willing and outgoing and meeting strangers and new people, excuse me, new people. Um, you got to have perseverance because you're going to deal with rejection all day, every day. Um, you've got to have a positive attitude. Um, if you're not excited about what you're doing, it's not going to translate when you're on the phones or you're meeting with customers. You got to be coachable. You know, it's, it's a skill that requires some some practice over time um, and you got to be willing to sort of adjust and try to get better uh, every day but it's a very simple formula if you're working really hard and making a lot of calls if you're bringing a positive attitude to work if you're able to deal with the rejection and you're trying to get better every day um, it's going to lead to results and so the keys for people getting into the industry though is you don't need to tell the the team you want to sell for 10 years or 20 years but you need to they need to feel that you're committed to sales the number one pe- reason people don't get, they apply for sales job, but they don't really want to sell. They'd rather be in marketing. It's, it's doesn't, it doesn't translate. Your skill set, like getting into a sales position, is very, very rare that you would just do that for a year and then they just move you to marketing and they move you to operations because the skills required to sell are very different than marketing, very different than player operation. So my challenge to the industry, and I always say this, is commit to sales if it's something that you want to give it a shot because um, if the team thinks you'd rather be making trades or being doing the creative design for the marketing department, you're not going to get an offer. So try to avoid saying things well, like, well, I'd rather be in marketing or I just looking to get my foot in the door or I want to do something over here. 
the sales world is so difficult as is. If you're not 100% committed to at least giving it a shot, you're not going to succeed. And if you don't succeed at that, they're not just going to move you to a different department. So what ends up happening is people get a job and then they don't do well because they don't like it. And then they end up leaving the industry and doing something else, which I think is a huge miss. So uh, those would be some things I would be thinking about for entry-level sales job seekers. Bob, that is fantastic. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. What inspired you then to start your own company? So I spent eight years at the Suns and had an unbelievable ride, a great journey there. They were so good to me and gave me, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be doing um, the business that I am now if it weren't for the opportunities given to me there. So a lot of people ask, like, what was it about the team or the, that prompted the move? And it had nothing to do with that. I was I loved the job. I wouldn't have been there as long as I, I was if it weren't for that. Um, so I had a really good I was in a good spot. I was running all sales there. Um, I had a great leadership team that believed in me. Um, I had hired just about all of the managers and the people beneath me. It was a very comfortable situation. And I had been there so long. And I think for me, I just wanted a new challenge. I wanted something different. I wanted something uh, that was, a, I guess, a challenge, you know, in a way. I mean, it was challenging work, but it was, you know, very similar to what I had been doing for the, the previous eight years. And so part of it was just wanting to, to take on that new life experience. Um, I was at a time in my life where I had recently turned 30. I was thinking a lot about the future. My first 10 years, I wanted to really dedicate to my profession and try to establish myself, which I felt like I did. And then when I looked at the next 10 to 20 years, I just wanted to do other things. You know, I think as you get older, it's natural to start thinking about and reprioritizing things in your life. Um, one of the challenges sometimes are are the, the hours in sports, the games, the weekends, all the other things. Um, and, it, you know, sometimes it's hard with family and if you want to have kids, like just to find the right balance. And so I thought... You know, here I was. I was I was single. I was I wasn't married with kids. I was sort of entering my 30s. I was looking for a new challenge, um, and I thought, what can I do um, here? And I, a lot of my experience was in the sports sales world, and I had an impact over my team of 50. But I thought, hey, I, I'd love to impact more people than that. So I wanted to broaden my footprint in the industry. I wanted to reach more teams, more leagues, more people. I thought I have a passion for teaching, coaching, and helping others, and I thought I could bring a lot of value to a lot more people. Um, so I think it was a combination of all those things coming together. And then the last piece was like, I've got a window here, and if I had a family and kids, there's no way I could take a risk. And so it's like I've got a couple years here where if I don't give this a shot, um, I might regret it. And so that was kind of the final piece. And as scary as it was, I, I, I made the move, and I uh, haven't looked back. It's been four years. The business has really grown. And I'm having a ton of fun with it. So hopefully we can keep it going. Just out of interest for the listeners, would you mind explaining to listeners what sort of services you provide at Sport Business Solutions? Yeah, Sports Business Solutions, we're a hybrid. So we do sales training, uh, consulting, a little bit of recruiting. um, And then we offer career services and sort of breaking them down quickly. Sales training is, is like a team will pay us a fee to travel to their marketplace and to sit with their sales staffs and teach them how to sell season tickets, group tickets, luxury suites and boxes, courtside seats, things of that nature. Um, So it's more tactical. It's more with the reps. It's more how to make the calls, how to set the meetings, how to, how to sell, you know, that's really the focus of the sales training, which, which kind of makes sense. But I guess people ask, well, then what is consulting to me? Consulting is more high level strategy. So instead of working with the sellers, it's working more with the managers, directors, VPs, senior leaders helping them craft 
their campaigns, helping them manage their teams effectively. It's a little bit more leadership development and, and more big picture, 10,000 foot view strategy. So we have some partners where we'll help them outline the, the high level strategy and then they'll also bring us in to work with the team to help them execute. So a good way to think about it is like we work with the generals and the planning and we also work with the troops on the ground floor in terms of execution. So, but I kind of put them into one bucket, right? So sales training and consulting. And we've got, that's probably the bulk of our business. We've got nearly 60 teams uh, that we support, um, whether it's sales training and consulting. Uh, the recruiting piece has really grown a lot um, in the last two years. Um, and a lot of credit has to go to Jason Stein, who leads that on, on my team. But um, Jason's done a great job building relationships, growing his network. And there's a huge appetite in the industry for good talent. And so part of introducing that service uh, which we did a couple years ago after we started the training was we started to get a lot of requests from teams that were looking for people. Um, and so, you know, what it does is it gives us the flexibility to help teams in different ways. So we have some partners where we help them hire a leader and then the leader, you know, we work alongside them as a consultant to help them build the strategy and then they bring us in to train their people. And so we offer this sort of 360 degree sort of offering. Um, and al although all of them are different, what I think makes us um, gives us a competitive advantage is that, you know, we all worked in the industry, so we know what these teams are going through, and we come come from a place of trying to understand what the teams are struggling with, and try to figure out what solution we can provide that makes sense. Whether it's just helping them with strategy remotely, whether it's coming out to train their teams or helping them hire hire some people. Um, at the end of the day, we're just trying to help teams and people be successful. So we're really more of a Right now, the way we're structured, more of a B2B platform, working with teams, uh, leagues, client partnerships like that. But I have career services set up to help people get jobs in sports, to help people get promoted in their in their jobs. I really have a passion to mentor and give back to the industry uh, in a way that it helped me. So I have a real uh, you know, opportunity there where I think I'd love to get out and meet more sport management students and sport management programs and job seekers and helping them get their start in the business and grow once they do. So we've hosted hiring events and we do a lot on that end too. So although they're all different, the unifying thing is that our passion is helping people succeed in sports, whether you're a team, a senior leader, a rep, um, or a job seeker. I mean, we just have a passion to help. I find this really interesting. Just out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Uh, recently? Um, a little bit of everything. And I mean, I, I think for us, it's so I've hired three people uh, in the last 12 months. Um, so I've hired uh, a guy named Mike Rudner who does business development for me out of New York. Uh, we've hired Josh Belkoff and Adam Vogel. Um, Josh coming from the Phoenix Suns, Adam coming from the New York Mets to help me with uh, the training business. Um, it's getting to a point where, you know, I did 35 trips last year. Um, I did 22, 23 the year before. Um, and the year before I told my wife I would do a little bit less travel and then I did more. So um, I, I just I, I'm getting to a point, Ed, where I just I'm limited by my own time, and so in order for the business to keep growing, it's important we're bringing on other people that can help us get a little bit wider, and they've been a great addition. So our focus the last year was onboarding a new team um, and trying to leverage all of our relationships to go out and help a lot more teams, sellers. Um, we've taken on a lot more recruiting partners, so we're just trying to figure out how to best scale our business because we've kind of proven our model and our concept works. Because um, we brought on, you know, close to 70 total partners over the course of four years, which has grown really quickly. So now we just got to figure out, all right, how do the pieces all fit and how do we work together here to ultimately grow the business, which is my primary focus right now. Just on a personal note, Bob, what have you enjoyed the most from your career looking back now? 
it's the people, it's the relationships. What's my favorite part about the industry, which is so unique, is that although the sports are different, the business of sports is very similar. Um, again, I'm not sure how it is where you are. I know in the States and, and definitely a lot of the teams that I, I, uh, I work with, like it's, it's kind of like a fraternity. Once you get in, you share best practices with your counterparts in other markets and other leagues. You go to conferences and you meet people from the MLS you meet people from NFL, from NBA, from MLB. A lot of the people that I worked with at the Suns went on and are now VPs and senior VPs, team presidents in the business. And so it's been really fun to have that core relationship and then to watch it grow and expand over time and to have conversations now with people that are running uh, big programs and they're doing great things. It's like we all share this thing in common. We've all gone through the challenges together. And watching people sort of move and grow has been a lot of fun. And we all share that special bond and that we all work in sports. And for me, what's my favorite part about it is, you know, I feel like I have this community of people just like me that are out there doing similar work. And it's really fun to be a part of that. Look, I can definitely hear your enthusiasm. It sort of relates to a point you said earlier about building like a core network. I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to work in the sports industry? Yeah, it's one of the more common questions that I get, you know, as I'm mentoring college students and working with sport management programs. I would say it's a really good one, Ed. I, I would say my advice for the job seeker is, number one, do, I think it breaks down to three things. It's number one is your relationships. Um, so get to know people that work in sports. Educate yourself. Listen to this podcast. Listen to other podcasts. Uh, follow along with the blogs. Like the more educated you are in the industry, the more strategic you can be with how you get in. So I think the education and the relationships, the work experience is huge. So internships, full time, part time. Look at your local market. Can you volunteer for your athletic department at university? Can you, you know, go to a, a minor league team that's in your city and volunteer in some capacity? Can you work the booth? It doesn't matter what it is, but one of the things that I looked for was, is this person committed to working in the industry? And the way you show your commitment is your educational focus, sport management. Um, it's your work experience. It's the relationships you built. So all those things are controllable. And so it's just for people, it's make connections, learn about the industry, gain work experience, and then be flexible. And what I mean by that is, is this, don't say, I get a lot of this like, using this as any, as the extreme example is I might talk to somebody in New York and they say, well, Hey, I'd love to work for the Yankees. Can you help me? Well, I'm like, well, you and a few thousand other people love to work with the Yankees. I mean, I would too. It's awesome. But, you know, be open to, uh, other cities, other leagues, other markets, because again, the sports business is very similar across all the leagues. And so sometimes people are really focused on, I just got to be in baseball or I got to be in the NBA, um, or I got to be in the NFL, but, you know, maybe gain some experience in MLS or a different league, grow, maybe you stay within it, maybe you can leverage that experience and take it to another league. It's very common to cross over in that way. So I'd say be open and be flexible. Um, and it's about people. It's about us aligning yourself with leaders and with jobs where you're going to have the best ability to learn and grow, be challenged and, and expand your skill set. And, um, you know, don't make it just about being a fan. You know, so be open to uh, other, again, other other sports that maybe you're not as passionate about or other cities maybe that you're not as passionate about. But if you go all in just because you're a fan, sometimes that fandom hurts you. I think a little bit of that's okay. But if you're too much of a super fan, it's going to hurt your ability to get in. So 
I know I'm throwing a lot uh, at you, Ed, but hopefully some of that stuff kind of resonates with your listeners. Um, and hopefully, you know, they get some value out of this podcast. Look, this is music to my ears. And before we wrap up, can you explain to listeners the type of articles you post on LinkedIn and your cracking uh, tweets with regards to your sport? Um, you do some great sports career tips. Uh, I wouldn't mind if you could just highlight some of that stuff you do behind the scenes. Ed, I'm smiling because did you say did you say cracking or what was that? Crack, cracking. Explain that term to me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not familiar with the term. I might have to use. It's a brilliant. It's a British term for great, like fantastic, super cracking. Yeah. I'm gonna bring that to the states. Uh, I want this <laughs> to be cracking, and I'm gonna talk about that in my training. Um, so sorry, I got off on a uh, on a tangent. I got distracted a little bit. Can you say the question one more time there, Ed? Would you mind explaining to listeners your fantastic or cracking LinkedIn articles that you post about sales in business and also your tweets you promote giving some sports career tips on a daily rate on Twitter? Of course. I apologize. Um, so uh, for me, I think social media has been a great platform to reach more people. You know, I'm limited with my time. I can only visit so many teams for training, and there's a lot of people um, that I can impact uh, virtually in that way at a much larger scale than only the ones that I go to see in the markets and that I talk to on the phone. And so I, I look at the blog. I've written 60 articles. Um, if we're not, if for your listeners, if we're not connected, just go. I'm an open networker. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Bob Hamer. Um, my articles vary. A lot of them are sales related, but some of them are, are career service related, helping you get your start. A lot of them are leadership related. Um, sometimes I highlight certain things happening in the sports business world to sort of educate people and, you know, write about things that are interesting that are going on. So um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn publishing there. I've also got the website, which is, I mean, the company Sports Business Solutions. Uh, it's just sportsbusiness.solutions or just Google it. Um, and you find the blog there as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm at SportsBizBob, so at SportsBizBob. I do a daily tip. Um, they vary. They sort of appeal to the seasoned professional, the junior professional, the job seeker, um, the the young up-and-comer. You know, I try to take what I've learned over the last 10 to 12 years and share it with the world. And I do so. I do daily tips there. Um, if you go to the website, you can find some of the career services. You can find some of the open jobs we're recruiting for. We have a newsletter that's free. I'm actually working on developing a more robust sort of career services platform right now. So be on the lookout for that coming into the fall. Um, and, you know, I just I have a real passion to meet people that I want to help as many as I can. Um, so I encourage people to hopefully you share some of my social channels for people that want to follow along. But we're on Instagram at Sports Business Solutions. We got a page on Facebook. Um, you know, we're active on Twitter, uh, both personally with me and the business is at Sports Biz Soul. And then we're really open on LinkedIn too. So I encourage all of your listeners if they enjoyed this and they want a little bit more to, to follow along with us, I'd love to meet them. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Bob, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much. Of course, Ed, thanks so much for having me. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity here, and please stay in touch. If uh, This was a lot of fun, so if you're ever in need for another topic down the road, I'd love to hop on again. Wow, what an unbelievable podcast chat from Bob, and I certainly hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. For me, when I listened to that, I wish I had this type of information before I graduated from university, because 
Bob gives you a great overview what the sports industry provides from a business perspective of the sports industry. Now, relating to today's podcast topic, without a doubt, sales is the most popular and high demanding positions in the sports industry. He gave you that great example during our chat that from 200 people in the company, over 100 of them were in the sales department or revenue uh, driven, which could have been ticket sales or sponsorship. Then he said a couple of people were from HR and then a handful of people were in marketing. So without doubt, there is a clear indication that sales is a great place to start. But the problem is when I've worked with students, speak to students from the last couple of years, they find sales very nerve wracking place to start because they haven't been on the phone 24-7 with regards to coping with rejection. Having that muscle of doing the reps of calls, it's so uncomfortable that they feel like they're not going to be good right from the start. And I hopefully Bob would agree with what I've just said, because this is something I'm learning throughout this podcast journey is it's not just about always the calls you make, it's about the people you meet along the way and the relationships you build along the way because that's where you see people's passion in the work they do. It rubs off onto you, which makes you work harder with regards to your sports career ambition. So I really do hope there is something which has triggered you to inspire you to be able to make your sports career ambitions a reality in the sports industry. Just take action, good luck and go for it. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Bob said, the more educated you are about the sports industry, the more strategic you are to getting in and connecting with great people in the sports industry.